0: we To the 108th Hotbox. This is uh, big band time here in the Hotbox, a chance to blow away the cobwebs and be really noisy. Um, we'll do some history, of course, and check out as much as we can of the music that has been such an important ingredient in the mix that we all call jazz. As in everything, the scene has changed over the years. Uh, to the point where really any idea of a permanent jazz big band, musicians as it were, on salary all the year round, is a virtual impossibility. But thankfully, the drive to assemble big aggregations of musicians still exists, Uh, the drive to listen to them still exists, so we do get occasionally formed units and more or less consistent personnel, and we get recognisable Brands, if I can call them that. So let's start with one such brand Gordon Goodwin's Big Fat Band. It was uh, founded in 1999 by Gordon Goodwin, who at the time was uh, composing jingles for cartoons in Hollywood for Warner Brothers. Uh, Their first album, which was called Swingin' for the Fences, created quite a stir with really slick compositions and incredibly tight arrangements. It was very, very Hollywood in style. And they've gone on to record around a dozen albums and also do some level of touring in the US. Actually, I just looked them up and they are touring right now. So if you happen to be going to the US, specifically California or Florida, you could maybe catch a live gig. Well, here's the title track from their 2014 album. It's called Life in the Bubble. Yeah, Life in the Bubble was the title. Of that one was also the title of the album. The, uh, the tenor sax solo was from Brian Scanlon. Um, in the liner notes, um, we're told that that's quite different from anything that the band has done before, experimenting with different textures. But I have to say, to me, it just was very typical of that particular band, the big fat band, fine band from Los Angeles getting us off to I think rather a good start so now let's go back a bit not perhaps to the big band era of the 30s and 40s but to a band that kicked off a resurgence in big bands in the 1950s Count Basie We'll come to Duke Ellington a bit later. The Duke, of course, was a constant presence through the highs and lows of big band popularity for, well, for more than five decades. But Basie managed to find a style that brought in new fans. It was established with the album E equals MC squared, the atomic Mr. Basie. And it went through that uh, with very similar material through a variety of albums in the early 1960s. And here's here's a track from one of them. It's called Mutnik. (laughs) I'm (laughs) not gonna do this, I'm 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 not, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not, I'm not, I
1: I'm not gonna do this, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this, <laughs> I'm not gonna do this, 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 I'm not, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not, I'm not, I
0: That's from the, uh, the album Basie, One More Time. Mutnik, a uh, perfect example, actually, of the relaxed swing that was the, the trademark of that band. Composition and arrangement there was by Quincy Jones, actually. It was from uh, it was 1958. I thought it was early 60s, but I've just looked it up. Released in 1959. So Relaxed well the logical place to go after Basie is Thad Jones who was a sideman in the trumpet section of Basie's band for several years and he set the big band world on fire when he teamed up with the drummer Mel Lewis to form the Thad Jones Mel Lewis Jazz Orchestra in 1965 so this track is from what I I think is probably their second album was released in 1969 it's called Central Park North they called uh, this one the track uh, "Jive Samba" "Jive Samba" was was uh, from the pen of Nat Adderley, uh, arranged for the band by Thad. Uh, probably uh, they were, I think, the most influential big band since the end of the so-called big band era. Thad Jones, Mel Lewis and the jazz orchestra. And uh, the personnel on this particular track, Snooky Young, Danny Moore, Jimmy Nottingham, Richard Williams on trumpets, Eddie Burt, Benny Powell, Jimmy Nepper and trombones, Cliff Heather bass trombone, Jerome Richardson on various saxophones, Jerry Dodge and Joe Farrell, Eddie Daniels, Joe Temperley. Uh, with the other saxophones, uh, Roland Hanna on the piano, Barry Galbraith and Sam Brown on guitars, Richard Davis on the bass, and Mel Lewis, of course, on the drums. I've samba there from the, um, what well, now it's called, the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra. It eventually morphed into that. Both its uh, founding fathers are now passed away, so um, it's a very different band. Well, it's not a very different band. It's the same band, but quite a different personnel. You can still hear it and see it if you go to New York. Uh, why don't you do that on your way over to California to see the big fat band? You can stop in New York and book into the Village Vanguard on a Monday night. Uh, It's still a stellar line-up, including Gary Smollian on the baritone, Terrell Stafford in the trumpet section, Marshall Jilks uh, leads the trombone section, and John Riley is now the drummer. That was Sunset and The Mockingbird, absolutely gorgeous stuff, from uh, Duke Ellington's Queen's Suite. That was a suite that was presented as a recording to Queen Elizabeth II for her birthday in 1972 and she was given the only pressing of the album and Duke promised that it would never be issued during his lifetime and that in fact is what happened. But the version we've just heard wasn't the Ellington Band, it was the Jazz at Lincoln Centre Jazz Orchestra. More, a little bit more more about them in a moment. But um, the gorgeous solos there were from Joe Templey on baritone. Uh, he was the longtime baritone saxophonist in the band. Victor Goines on clarinet and Dan Nimmer at the piano. It was recorded in Havana um, when the JALC Orchestra ventured over in 2010 to Cuba and did a week-long residency in the capital, Havana. Uh, Joe Temperley was in fact from Scotland um, Scottish by birth but he spent uh, some time in Duke Ellington's orchestra before that he spent some time in Woody Herman's orchestra uh, and before that again he was with Humphrey Littleton in the UK he died back in 2016 Um, he had been a founding member of the JALC and I certainly don't have to say anything to you about how good he was you've just heard proof of that So let's hear some more um, JALC. I said at the top of the show that big bands with permanent employees uh, were today as rare as hen's teeth. Well, JALC is actually one of them. Well, you could certainly be forgiven for saying, ah, that's Duke Ellington. Well, you'd be half right, because, of course, Take the A Train is Duke Ellington, but the band was once again jazz at Lincoln Centre, uh, and a live one again, uh, this time from an earlier recording, an earlier part of the band's life back in 1992. The solo was there from Lou Soloff on the trumpet, and um, a long intro solo by the great Roland Hanna on the piano. October the 10th, 1992, to be precise, Um, and that's over 40 years ago, how time flies. Well, maybe we should have some actual Ellington now and and going back to eh, not quite the big band era, but to the time when every big band was either gone or going, except Ellington and Basie, of course. So here's the Duke from 1958, live at the Newport Jazz Festival.
2: I'm a little lost for words tonight because I've been honoured by so many real great musicians. They've been so wonderful, they've done such magnificent performances. And so here we are in the position of following all these great people. And we just hope that you will enjoy these things. We'll start by scratching the surface.
1: Ah.
0: Yes, indeed. Duke Ellington and his orchestra just scratching the surface. The opener of the band's set at Newport in 1958, designed precisely to give all the sections a workout at the beginning of their set. And then you got a solo from the great Paul Gonsalves as well. By the way, this was the start of the set that ended in one of the most famous performances ever at a jazz concert, Come Sunday, Uh, When the singer was Mahalia Jackson, she joined the band on stage. Another time, maybe. Well, right now, we'll go to another little corner of the world of big bands, university bands. It always seems to me um, that every university in the States has a big band. And, of course, a lot of them are really good. They're great proving grounds for future professionals. Here's one that I picked kinda at random. It's the University of Wisconsin Jazz Ensemble. They were poshy. They called it an ensemble, not a band. Yeah, that was actually a live uh, performance, but I've I've been naughty and I've cut the uh, very enthusiastic response from the audience. I cut it off the end just to save time. Very naughty. Latin Espresso uh, from the University of Wisconsin Jazz Ensemble. And as I said, great proving ground for young musicians. Well, I need to pick our last track, don't I? And for this, I'm I'm heading for Gil Evans, uh, most famous, of course, for his collaborations with Miles Davis. But perhaps his reputation has become a little broader since his death, thanks um, for extraordinary research um, by a man called Ryan Truesdell, unearthing undiscovered or forgotten gems and then putting together a fantastic band to play them. So here's one such gem, it's called Dancing on a Great Big Rainbow. Solos you'll get from uh, Donnie McCaslin on the tenor, Frank Himbra on the piano, and Greg Gisbert on the trumpet. Such easy swinging there, Dancing on a Great Big Rainbow by Gil Evans. Um, We've danced to the end of the show, but uh, maybe as a special bonus we'll run out with another one from the Gil Evans pieces. How about we also feature a singer, since uh, those big bands have always been the place where you'd expect to find singers back in the day, and indeed still today. This particular singer is the Irish-American Kate McGarry, and she's smoking my sad cigarette if you have been thanks for listening
2: while well, a dream like someone